Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made for you, my fellow food bloggers who are wanting to add value to your blogs and to your lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Jessica Holmes from sweetestmenu.com. We will be discussing how to grow your Instagram following. Jessica started her blog, Sweetest Menu, in 2014. Inspired by her travels, Sweetest Menu is a food blog specializing in American-inspired desserts with a little Australian flair. She loves to create original sweet recipes that actually work and then capture them using bright and colorful photography. But her all-time favorite part of blogging is connecting with fellow bakers and dessert lovers from all over the world. Hey, Jessica, I am so looking forward to our chat today about Instagram. But before we dive in, give us a quick fun fact about yourself. Sure. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, Of course. I'm really excited. Um, A fun fact about me. Well, um, I'm a cat lady, I would say. Um, I have, <laughs> I'm definitely a cat person. I have a black and white cat called Henry, um, and he's 11. Um, and he's definitely my blogging sidekick. Oh, does he ever photobomb your, uh, pictures? Yes, he does. <laughs> and he oh. shows up sometimes on Instagram stories. <laughs> oh, that's the best place to show it too. That's you right. Can, you can incorporate those fun photos into Instagram so well. Yes. Now let's get on to our main topic today, which is how to grow your Instagram following. I personally love Instagram and I know I'm not alone in that. So many people are loving it. It is such a unique platform and has grown into this just kind of magical, amazing thing for us all to use. And not just personally, but also to help grow our businesses. And I think that one of the things Instagram has done really well is it allows us to show off each of our personalities really well. And it's just been a game changer for a lot of food bloggers. And at the same time, there are still people who are trying to figure it out and tap into some of that magic that comes from really digging in and getting to know it. So Jessica, would you mind walking us through some basic ways that we can grow our following on Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. I think Instagram um, is a very powerful tool for bloggers. Um, I know for me personally, it's been uh, really, really instrumental in growing my food blog. Um, And I think um, what differentiates it from some of the other social media platforms is it really has the Obviously, it lends itself to a very visual, um, you know, it has very visual elements. So, you know, if you're food blogging, um, talking, we've got desserts and beautifully styled foods. It's obviously just really naturally lends itself to accounts that have um, that beautiful photography. But I think the other thing, too, is it really allows you uh, to be a bit more personal than some of the other social media platforms. So, yeah. You know, you can really um, relate to your readers. You can comment and share and really chat to them, direct message them, um, and and they can have a real window into um, your life as a blogger um, and behind the scenes. And, yeah, it's just this real... 
personal kind of um, element that I think really makes Instagram something that it should be prioritized. Um, yeah. So when it comes to, um, you know, that there's so many things when it comes to growing your Instagram following, but I think one of the first things is just showing up. Um, I think, I don't know, you know, all the secrets to the algorithm, but I think also when you're trying to build an audience, one of the best things you can do is be consistent. So I really like for me personally, I post every day on Instagram and I don't really miss a day. Sometimes I post twice a day as well. Um, and I post at the same time every day. And I think uh, that is really helpful because it shows that your audience that you're that you're there and you're always going to show up. Your post is going to be there. They kind of start to expect it. It's kind of like, you know, when you blog, maybe you blog once a week and you always post on Mondays. It's like your readers start to expect that content from you. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think that's the first thing is kind of work out your schedule and, and how much content you can push out that you can do consistently. Um, and that's a great place to start. Can I ask you a question about the timing? So yeah. how did you figure out what time to post? Because you said that you post around the same time every day. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually post uh, at a time that's best for me personally, which probably isn't necessarily what you're supposed to do. So when I first started, um, I just post first thing in the morning, which is usually around like 6.30 a.m. And that's just when I started doing it because that was convenient for me when I got up in the morning before I left for work. But now, that that was a few years ago. Now, Instagram, if you have a business account, it allows you to have see some analytics so you can see when your audience is online. So that's been super helpful. So because I have an audience that kind of spans a few time zones, um, 6.30 a.m. is actually okay. It's actually when sort of like, the US is sort of still awake, um, Australia is just waking up, like that sort of thing. But one thing it gave me a real insight into is um, sometimes I post in the evening and I could see, I can see in my Instagram analytics that no one is is around sort of around like, because then I would post sometimes after work, say at like 5 p.m., but no one is around. And so I learned that my, my audience kind of comes back on around 9 p.m. So if I post in the evening, I'll try and push it back. And, and I can notice the engagement change from, from those times. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Do you notice that the times when most people are engaging on Instagram, does that align with, say, like Facebook engagement and blog engagement too? Not necessarily. It's actually a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a little bit similar. I mean, it's kind of, you know, people are there pretty much all day, like around the clock because it's, you know, obviously fairly international and people come from all over the place. Um, but for me being in Australia, it's quite odd because a lot of activity happens when I'm asleep. Oh, sure. Yeah, so it is a little bit hard to kind of know when exactly everyone is is everywhere, if that makes sense. But yeah. I think so, so I think there's a little combination there of, of having a look at your analytics, see when your audience is online, but also find something that works for you. Because if, if you pick a time that that you're never really available, it's not going to work and you're not going to post consistently. So, right. And now with the algorithm too, it's also a little bit different because obviously it's not just being pushed out at the time you push it out, um, but it's being pushed out based on how much engagement it gets. Oh, right. That's a good point too. Yeah. yeah. And the great thing about Instagram and 
Facebook and blogs too, is that you can go in and look at your analytics and kind of do trial and error and see what works and what doesn't. So exactly, exactly. I think really digging into analytics is good. It's there for a reason and it's really great information. It's kind of scary at first. Like, what does this all mean? But yes. if you dig into it, it's kind of fascinating, like how it keeps track of so much and yeah, like every single user and the time. So uh-huh. I think that's a great thing to dig into. And then And you mentioned being consistent. I think so many platforms seem to reward for consistency as far as like putting you at the top. Do you think Instagram rewards for being consistent as well? Yes, I do. And I have no um, like formal basis for that. I I haven't read that anywhere. Um, But for me personally, I definitely think so. So that would be my number one tip. And the other thing too is... um, I would recommend posting every day. And I know for some people, especially if you're starting out, that may sound like very intimidating. Um, But one thing I would note with that is it's okay to repost. So even if you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to have a brand new piece of content every single day. I don't know how anyone could really keep up with that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) but it's great because over time, um, even if you start building towards going every day, um, you can look back on the last few months and see what posts did really well and then repost it. Um, I, I do it all the time. I haven't seen a problem with it. Obviously, you don't want to do it too much because, you know, your audience will know. But if they loved it once before, chances are they'll love it a second and even a third time. And another good reason to dig into analytics to see what's working and exactly. what people are liking. You mentioned that sometimes you post twice a day. Do you notice on the days when you post more than once, does that affect your engagement or your um, how often everything is seen? Yeah, um, what I usually do is um, sometimes um, it can be if a post, say if a post didn't do so well, um, I might just want to post um, a, again to kind of help lift that engagement because I do find it's a little bit of a snowball effect. So if you have a post that does really well, chances are your next maybe one or two posts is going to also do really well. I'm not yeah. sure how, how that works. Um, so again, I'm, you know, guessing as I go. Yeah. So sometimes I, I might do that or the opposite. If a post does really well, I might do another post to kind of like, yeah, um, kind of go along with that juice, you know, yeah. like that, that good goodness that's happening. Right. Then I kind of like ride, ride that wave, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like it's gaining momentum somehow just like, yes, yes. Let exactly. the momentum build. <laughs> Don't let go of it. Exactly. Well, that's interesting. I've never made that connection before between a post doing really well and then the one following it doing really well. I'm going to have to look at my feed and see yeah. how how that's played yeah, out for me. Yeah, that's a great tip. So one of the things, one of the many things I love about Instagram is that it is set up so that it captures our personalities and our brands so well through kind of a different combination of images and words, text, and also stories, which is the side that allows us to be really real. And when I look at your, Jessica, your Instagram profile, it makes me want to run to my kitchen and start baking. Your photos are so beautiful and colorful and delicious (laughs) and bright. 
And I was looking at it the other day and I just kind of got lost in my, <laughs> in this world of like, I felt like I was in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> it was so pretty. I love the simple, beautiful style that speaks about your brand. So talk to us about ways that we can find our true voice and our brand on Instagram. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, look, it takes a while and I think, um, I think that's okay. I think that's just something that you have to realize. It can take a while to find your voice and brand. Um, but I think it's, it's great to really see Instagram as an extension of your brand. Um, so obviously you kind of want to take the brand that is represented on your blog and kind of um, lift that and take it over to Instagram. But I think Instagram, um, like you were saying before, really gives you a chance to showcase your personality. So, um, you know, for me, you know, my, my Instagram is quite colorful, like you were saying. Um, and, um, it's, it's much more colorful than probably my actual blog, but that's great. So you kind of have this flexibility to kind of take your brand maybe even to the next level. Um, mm, yeah. What I would say is, um, you know, you, you do want to kind of make it reflect your blog so it, it feels, um, you know, natural. So when people come from Instagram to your blog, you know, it all makes sense. It's not like disconnected at all. But I would say that it's really important to view your Instagram page as a whole rather than um, your individual posts. So obviously, you know, you want to put your, your best foot forward and you want each post to do really well. That's great. Um, but you kind of want to, when it comes to look and feel um, and your branding, you want to have a look at your page as a whole and make sure that it's cohesive and what does it actually look like? So if you opened your Instagram and went to your page, what, what does it look like? Is it does it make sense? Like, what does it speak to you if this was your first time going to your page? What does it actually say? And one thing I think is great is if you can get an app. Uh, I think there's quite a few apps out there where you can actually plan your posts before you post them to make sure that aesthetically they look really good. Oh, yes, that's a great idea. Yeah. Do you know the names of those? Um, I know there's one called Plannerly, which I haven't used myself. I'm not sure if it's free or paid. I have one called Preview Grid, um, which is just a free app, and that's literally all it, all it can do. Like it has no other functions. It can't schedule for you. It can't do anything. But it literally you can just add your photos and you can move them about and plan it. So, you know, that those top nine posts that everyone's going to see when they land on your page look fantastic, you know. And then and um, for me, because, you know, my, uh, my um, photos are quite colorful, I don't want – I might – if I post it on a whim, I might have three pink posts in a row um, or, you know, five blue posts, whereas I really want to mix it up. So that helps me kind of make sure that all my colors are kind of mixed up and, you know, they just look good together. Um, That's great advice. Yeah. I have heard of Planoly, but I didn't realize that that was its function. As you were talking, I was kind of envisioning like a puzzle, right? It's like each yes. photo yes. is a piece of the puzzle and you don't want to take a piece from another puzzle exactly. and put it into your, it would look odd. So exactly. just making sure that the 
puzzle comes together as a beautiful masterpiece yeah. is super important. Yes, exactly. And and when I first started, I would kind of post on a whim and, you know, just be like, oh, I like this photo today or I feel like this cake today. Um, yeah. And I think that can only take you so far. But when you really want to kind of get that professional look and feel, then you need to kind of start planning a little bit more in advance. And the other thing too I'll say on, on branding is that it, it will evolve over time and that's okay. Um, it, I don't know if you, you've ever done this, but if there's a, another um, Instagram that you love and you scroll through and sometimes you scroll through the bottom and you go, oh, this is completely different down here or, you know. They use, <laughs> yes, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, yep. different kind of photos. And that's totally fine. If it makes you uncomfortable, you can also use the archive tool. So if you have some terrible, ugly photos or... Or maybe you you kind of rebranded, you know, and now you use completely different colors or a completely different photography style. You can just archive those old posts, no problem. You know, you don't have to start all over. It's kind of fun to scroll through and see what your older posts look like compared to your newer posts and yeah. see how far you've come and how you've changed. Absolutely. I don't archive because of that. I Definitely. just did that the other day. I was like, huh, I wonder what it was like a year or two ago. And I scrolled and it was way different. Yes, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Mine yeah. was completely different. Even like color preferences change and uh-huh. I don't, everything. It was like a totally different person. Like, who was I? Who was that? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And your photography skills just naturally get better over time as well. So you can start to see that um, in your food and, and in your photos. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, do you have anything else regarding finding your voice and brand? Um, yeah, I'll just touch on finding your voice really quickly. Um, my advice for this would actually be um, just making sure that you um, it's kind of when you're writing your captions and you and you're speaking on Instagram to just use it like you're speaking to a friend. Um, this goes back again to what I was saying before that Instagram is quite a personal platform. And I think this is great because it really allows you to just speak really naturally. Um, you can have fun with it. You can you can just write captions really naturally, like like you are telling your friend about a recipe or um, about a blog post. You know, you can get really excited. Um, I, I I don't think there's any need to try too hard. You know, to be too catchy or write anything that's too cool. And also, just have a think about perhaps what other captions. Um, uh, grab your attention and why, and then and then see if there's anything you you might want to bring over um, into your voice. But really, I mean, your voice is your voice. I don't think you need to try and be anyone you're not. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I was just thinking as you were talking, it's funny how on Instagram I tend to do exactly that. I just write like as if I were talking to my husband or a good friend. Yes. But then there are different platforms that are so entirely different where I actually like almost get nervous. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what do I write here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it's just such a different feel, totally. say, on Facebook or even Twitter when back when we were doing Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Instagram is just natural. Like, every time I put something on Instagram, it just flows super fast and I know it's going to come out quickly and easily. It's like your best friend. Instagram is my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I agree. Um, I feel a lot more um, rigid when I'm writing for other platforms. Rigid. That is the word that I was looking for. Rigid. Yes. 
But Instagram, yeah, it's a lot more fun. And, and I think try and keep it fun. Try and stay in that fun place. It's it's what it's there for, you know. Yeah. And I know I've started to do this a little bit and I've seen other people do it too. Utilizing emojis in the copy to kind of like yes. help engage people, like leave a comment with an emoji or just, I think people just like that visual of if I posted something about a recipe about peaches, it's kind of fun to have a little peach sitting there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are your recommendations on emojis? Yeah, I definitely think, um, use emojis obviously within reason Um, (laughs) but yeah no I use them in every caption yeah definitely for the emoji so engagement engagement is a big part of social media as a whole so how engaged do we need to be with our audience on Instagram and do you have tips about how to do this and how to keep up with it yeah um I think being engaged with your audience is very, very important. Um, and I think it's kind of the whole point, right? Like you're not just yeah. posts out there and being like, here's my post. Um, where, where some of the other social media platforms are a little bit like that. But for Instagram, I feel like, like we were saying, if it's like you're chatting to a friend, you kind of, you're not just yelling at them and walking away, right? You actually, <laughs> you actually want to have a two way conversation. So, um, like I guess that's my biggest tip and something I try to do is really responding to any comments that you get on posts and and going back in, you know, even a few days later because, you know, now the algorithm is different. There's always comments coming in later, just replying to them, like thanking people for their nice words. And then like on from that, if people make one of your recipes or, um, use a use your hashtag maybe and show you something they've made really making sure you know you thank them for that and and tell them how amazing it is because I don't know about about other people but for me like that's the most important part of blogging is when people have actually bothered to leave this platform go to my website out of all the websites choose one of my recipes make it take a photo and then bother to send it back to me like that is a huge amount of effort that they've gone to absolutely yeah it's an honor to have that happen it really is and so I think it's really important to make sure you say thank you yeah and then obviously like you know in Instagram stories you might get um, direct messages I just think it's really important to to reply to um, as many as you can. Yeah. And just really be there and be the person that you're presenting, you know, that you are. And, you know, you're saying that you're fun and you love baking and you want everyone to get on board. So when they do, you know, you don't just want it to be radio silent. I think it's so important to, like you were saying, Jessica, to comment on absolutely every message that is sent to you, whether it's a direct message or a comment. I mean, that is just common courtesy to recognize, even if it's just like a a heart or something. Yes, exactly. Just recognize that people are coming to your feed and leaving you a comment. I just think that if you're not doing that, you absolutely should be. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it's really important. And I I don't actually think a lot of... not a lot, but I think there are quite a few people who aren't doing that. Um, and sometimes, and I think that's why sometimes people get a little bit surprised when you are. It's, it's kind of like offering really good customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that. And I think it's so easy. Like it's so, it doesn't really take a whole lot of time to, like you said, 
do a little emoji or thanks, you yeah. know, or looks awesome. <laughs> um, it really doesn't take time. And I think it just builds a really loyal readership. It takes a handful of minutes. I actually save that task yeah. for um, during the school year when I'm waiting for my boys to come out of school. That's one of the things I save for that time because I'm just sitting in my car. Yeah, perfect. Perfect time. I have like 10 minutes. I just crank it out. I say thank you. I leave genuine comments back and done. So that way I'm not like thinking about it all day and not getting on periodically. I can just like do it in one fell swoop. Yes, exactly. Yeah, perfect. And it goes a long way. People appreciate that. I think at least I do. When I leave a comment on somebody's post and I get a comment back saying, hey, thanks, Megan, whatever. I'm like, oh, that's that's amazing. I'm so glad they said that. Yeah, exactly. So you have to put yourself in their shoes and think about how you feel. Exactly right. So I am curious to hear your thoughts on scheduling tools for Instagram. Yeah, um, I actually don't use a scheduling tool um, and I don't do it for a reason. So some of my other social media is scheduled. Um, like I, I use a scheduler for Pinterest. Um, but I've been very purposeful about not using one for Instagram because um, I really like to be close to my audience. Um, so like we were saying uh, earlier in the conversation, I've worked out when I publish each day and I just get up in the morning and I publish. Like I said, I've already got it planned so I know what photo I'm going to publish, but I don't have the caption pre-written. Um, I don't have anything scheduled. It's all coming from me right at that point in time, what I'm actually thinking, what I'm actually feeling. And I think, um, again, this just goes back to what we were talking about, about it being a very um, personal and friendly platform is I don't want it to come across um, like a, scripted. a robotic. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, scripted, scripted. I don't want it to come across scripted. I want it to come across real. Um, It also helps me um, just feel really close. So when I put a post up and then people are commenting on it, I'm like, yeah, like I'm a part of that conversation, not like, oh, what did I have scheduled for today? Um, What did I schedule two weeks ago? I can't remember. What did I say about it? I can't remember. Like it's kind of just taking the personal element out of it. I I don't know if that helps with the algorithm or anything like that. But for me, um, that's a personal decision that I've made so I can feel really close to my audience, basically. Some platforms are fine for scheduling. Yeah. And I actually used to use Tailwind for scheduling Instagram posts as well. But then I just exactly for the reason that you're saying, it just over time, it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel personal. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was distancing myself from... Um, being able to engage with my readers. So I stopped because of that reason. And I guess I didn't really give that any forethought. It just kind of naturally developed like that. But then if I think about it, I'm like, well, that is exactly why, because I like being in there and engaging and knowing exactly what people are commenting on and um, every day having fresh words to share. Um, And that's the thing. If I was to plan out like seven or 10 posts right now and write the captions, like I can guarantee you by the 10th one, it's going to be very generic, just, you know, from writing so many in a row. So that's the other way. I think it helps keep you a little bit fresh depending on how you're feeling, maybe what's happening in the world at that moment, what you're genuinely craving or thinking about. And yeah, I think it just maybe brings a little bit more personality 
into your posts as well. And you can capture moods so much better on the spot too. Like I am in a funk today or I am super happy the sun is shining. It's like authentic and just more real, which is what Instagram kind of um, stands for. Like it's actually a real platform. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like that you don't use scheduling tools and I'm, kind of curious how many food bloggers do mm. you know these days because i know that for a while people were testing it out with tailwind being on yes. board with instagram scheduling but i don't know i haven't scoped that out i'm kind of curious to i have hear. actually um talked with a few people and i was actually surprised that so many people did and that's kind of what drew my attention to that i was maybe not the odd one out but that not using one was actually fascinating <laughs> if that makes sense mm, I, thought, yeah. I thought oh everyone would be the same and then everyone's like well not everyone but a few people I talked to were like no I use one and I was like oh I was like I don't know about that like um you know and then I, and then that kind of made me think why don't I and then I was like no I'm I'm happy not using one you know that's my choice and I can't and like you know we have a lot on our plates and a lot of social media and like I said I do for some other platforms but um this is just my choice that I want to really lean into this one and and not not use one on purpose so let's chat about Instagram stories because they are the best thing ever in social media. <laughs> I think it is brilliant. I said this on another episode, but I just think Instagram was so smart by introducing this because they allow us to finally be real and not fake and perfect. So talk to us about, from your perspective, why Instagram stories are important and how we can best utilize them. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, to be honest, I'm still um, learning about Instagram stories myself um, and what content to put up there because, like you said, it's completely different to your um, actual feed. So it's really interesting kind of actually thinking about the content that you should be putting up there. Um, But... um, for me, I've, I found it great. Um, another another great way to really connect with your audience. Um, I found people are quite engaged on Instagram stories, which is really, yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Um, so a few things that I do, obviously, I think behind the scenes, anything behind the scenes, I think people love. Um, as a food blogger, I feel like you can get really used to what you do and it feels very normal. But for other people that are outside of the blogging sphere, like, um, you know, recipe testing is super fascinating. Food styling is really interesting. You know, your photography setup, like people are really yeah. interested. And so it's a great way to kind of invite people into your kitchen or invite people into your photography studio or area um, or, you know, yeah, just really give people in an insight into your world. Um, so that's that's one thing that, I, that I'm trying to do more of um, and I think works really well. And the other thing too is it's a great way to um, really get some insights from your readers. So I found um, that, you know, this is where you can ask questions like, hey, what recipe would you love to see or what's your favorite cake or uh, would you rather see this recipe or this recipe, you know, and do one of those polls. People love it and they love to give their um, input, which I'm really surprised at. Um, you know, and I've often asked that to my like email list and, you know, sometimes I'll get a few replies, but with Instagram, you know, they can just come pouring in and people giving you great feedback. And it's so easy to do. I mean, yeah. 
it's kind of crazy how many people will reply to the weirdest questions that I ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, let's see if people will answer this weird question. And oh, sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and again, then, um, you know, if you put a question box, people are direct messaging you and you can reply to them. Um, personally, which I think is really special. I, I don't know about you, but I still remember a few years ago before I was a blogger, I, you know, followed blogs. And if I talked to them, if anyone replied, it was like, oh, I can't yeah. think they reply. Yeah. So I just, yeah, again, it's another great way um, to find your audience and engage with them. I think, um, yeah, just start thinking about how you can perhaps use um, Instagram stories a bit differently and be prepared to kind of interact with your audience and have a chat with them and and like I said you can make it completely different kind of content stream to your actual feed. I liked what you were saying about um, showing the behind the scenes because people are fascinated by that sort of thing. I put up a story when I was doing video one day just of my setup and people went crazy over that. I got so many messages. Just seeing how things are created I think is just really cool for people to see. And you can get so creative with stories. If you have kids, you can show the funny things they're doing. If you have cats, you can show the funny things they're doing. I mean, really nothing is off limits aside from inappropriate content yeah like you can put anything on stories anything relating to your life it doesn't necessarily have to be about blogging or work yeah and even even where you live um some people are really interested um like you know for me being Australian some people are like oh you know she lives near the beach and it's sunny and you know they're over there with snow and you know people fascinated yeah well when is your winter it is winter oh it is winter now (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah but it's still sunny (laughs) so in our winter i live in minnesota so it's freezing in winter so yeah i would absolutely love to see your sunshiny beach pictures (laughs) right and then at christmas i love to see everyone's snow oh sure wow snow amazing yeah so you know it's cool yeah it's cool from australia it's not cool when you're shoveling (laughs) two feet of snow My husband Uh, tore his Achilles tendon last winter right before Christmas. So guess who got to shovel all winter? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine what that's like. We get like zero snow here. Well, I have to say that my back and shoulder muscles were amazing at the end of last winter. I seriously was in the best shape that I've ever been in. Yeah, cancel the gym membership. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I have some just kind of general Instagram questions for you. IGTV, I've noticed that's getting bigger and bigger, and I've started just getting my toes wet a little bit. Have you experimented with IGTV much? I haven't, actually, but it's at the top of my to-do list. So if you have any tips for me, feel free. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I don't know much about it. I've just, I know that I've watched other bloggers. Me too. IGTV. Yeah. And they're like amazing. And I've been like salivating over them. (laughs) So we started reformatting our videos so that they are compatible with, you know, the size standards and IGTV. I see an option to share to profile and then it saves there. And then I get like a ton of views. So I'm still trying to figure it out. I am very, very new with it. 
it's intriguing to me. Yeah, it's definitely something I want. I would, I'd love to jump into. Um, I actually am just yeah trying to get my head around it, and also um, just coming to terms with putting my face on camera. <laughs> oh, I know you're telling me. I've started doing that a little bit, and it's not the easiest thing I've ever done. Oh, it's really scary. <laughs> Oh, I know it is. But I do like on IGTV that you can go past the one minute mark. So you don't have to limit yourself to that one minute. Definitely. Yeah. And like you were saying, like I've watched other bloggers and they're super casual about it. Like it doesn't have to be like slick, you know, um, like this amazing, yeah. yeah, like literally just set a camera up in your kitchen and be like, Hey, come bake with me today. Like I think it, yeah, you've got to turn to take that pressure off of producing, you know, this TV quality video. Exactly. Yeah, just start out using your phone and see how that goes. And if you yeah. like it, then yeah. upgrade from there, I would say. Exactly. And then also, how do you feel about posting videos to your profile as opposed to photos? Definitely a great way to go. I've heard many, many success stories from people saying video has done very, very well for them on Instagram. Um, I haven't completely jumped on the video craze just yet. So there's not a lot of videos on my feed. Um, but if this is something that you're interested in, definitely go for it. I mean, someone like Pinch of Yum um, has had huge success from their videos um, and, and have contributed a lot of their Instagram success to videos. So yeah, I definitely think if you have the equipment and the time um, and that's a passion of yours, definitely try and incorporate some video into your Instagram. This is something that I have not at all researched, but do you know if there is a way to replace a video thumbnail? My videos always pop up looking kind of blah because they're not photo quality. So is there a way to put a photo in there? I think there is, but I don't know how to personally because I haven't um, looked into it. But I, ha I have looked at this for the same thing. I have looked at other bloggers doing a lot of video and they have really beautiful thumbnails. So I'm sure there is a way. Okay, so there's a way. I'm going to research that tonight. Okay. I was also going to ask about the link in your profile. What do you put there? Yeah, I actually just recently, I used to just have my blog, um, but I have a terrible search function on my website. That's an, something I need to fix. Um, so I had a lot of people saying, oh, we can't find your recipe. Um, so I just started using the LinkedIn uh, profile. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. So you can go to that and then it, and it has all your photos and then direct links to your to the exact recipe. Um, and I kind of, I, again, I trialed it and then I did a poll on my Instagram stories and said, Hey, I'm, I'm putting this website in so you can find the recipes more easily. Do you like it? Um, and the poll came back like 97% were like, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's what I've been using for the last couple of months and it's been working well. So, and that eliminates the issue of having people say, where's this recipe? Exactly. Exactly. Cause it was, yeah, it was sending everyone either to my homepage or I would put the link of the exact recipe, but it would just be the most recent one. And then, you know, as you know, with the algorithm, someone could be served, um, a post from three days ago and then, they go to my profile and be linked to it. Oh, sure. And it's just, I've seen other people doing it and I, and like I've done it for probably three years and it's been fine, but then it just got to a point where I thought this is probably serving the reader a bit better. So yeah. Absolutely. And you always have to think about what they're wanting and that's what polls are so yes. great for exactly. because people are willing to share that. 
one tip that I got from Sophia DeSantis from Veggies Don't Bite, she told me what she does, and I've started doing this as well. She says in her copy, if you want this recipe, tell me in the comments or leave a certain emoji or something, and I will send you a direct message with the recipe. I started doing that, and I was shocked at how many people were reaching out and telling me that they wanted the recipe, so I would send it to them. And it takes a little extra time, obviously. But they, I think they really appreciate it. Everybody writes me back and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. This is amazing. I'm going to go make it tonight. If I didn't do that, they would just lose it in their minds and never go to my website or maybe yes. go and look for it. So I thought that was a really great little tip. And then you've had another like connection with your with your readers, which is great. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. Connections mm. are always great. I know you've probably got some tips. Do you have any tips that we haven't covered that you are willing to share with us? Probably the only other things are um, obviously posting, make sure you're posting high quality images um, and also using hashtags. I I think I didn't mention anything about that. Um, But um, yeah, I think hashtags are great. Obviously, they help people find you. For me, I just, um, I, because like we were saying before, you writing the captions on the fly. I just do the hashtags on the fly as well. I change it up every post um, depending on what the post is. Um, And usually I put in a few that describe the recipe, you know, maybe cookies, chocolate, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then I'll have a few generic ones that I always put in um, like baking um, and then my own hashtag as well. Yeah, and so and I definitely recommend using hashtags for every post. Um, you don't need to go overboard. I think they recommend between five and thirty or something like that. But yeah, I think just use them naturally, and they'll work for you. Do you use any hashtags like food and wine, or you know, like the bigger brands? Do you ever do that? Um, I do occasionally, um, like feed feed um, and things like that. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, I do. Um, occasionally, but yeah, probably not every time. Do you have a method as far as figuring out which hashtags to use? So do you go for like the higher volume things that are used a lot or kind of mid range, or do you just type in words that you think will apply? Yeah, I probably do it a bit more naturally, less strategically, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, naturally, I think there would be a few of the you know, really high performing ones, you know, like chocolate, obviously you're going to slide down that page really quickly, but yeah, but I just, I just try not to overthink it. I think, yeah. And I just choose a few and then, and then I might choose some specifically for like, you know, I might put in Sydney, um, like Sydney blogger, Sydney food blogger, um, as well. So, you know, people locally might find me, which are quite small hashtags, but yeah, but I just put in a few random ones. I really don't overthink it. I kind of like that. Anytime I don't have to overthink something is amazing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I I just, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, I'm sure there's a whole hashtag strategies out there, but I think as long as you're putting in a few, I mean, you're fine. (laughs) There are probably Instagram hashtag strategists available for hire if you want to go that route. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I just want to make sure we're not missing anything. We've covered stories. We've covered uh, voice and branding and profiles and scheduling tools, consistency. I liked what you said in the very beginning of our chat about just showing up and being there. 
Um, it's so important to show up and to show up consistently, whatever that means for you. If that's every other day, every day, twice a day, whatever it is. Um, one last thing, I just had this thought as I was talking. How often do you think we should show up in stories? Oh, uh, yeah, every day if you can. And that's not something that I'm do that I do um, very well because um, I work full time. So. Most of the time, I feel like I don't have anything to say. I'm going to work and then I'm on the bus, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, if, if you could do it every day, even just one thing, I think that would be great. I think people do appreciate you just checking in. And even if it's exactly. something a little weird or like a, a poll or something funny, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could just be a recipe you're loving yeah. or maybe you tried another blogger's recipe. Like it really can be anything. Yeah. And then, okay, I know I said one last thing before, but one last thing. <laughs> How do you feel about people who get like really focused on numbers and followers? Are you super concerned with how many followers you have? And how do you think other people should view that? That's a great question, actually. Um, I'm not super concerned with my following. I think, as we were talking before, engagement is really important. So it makes me happiest when, um, you know, people are really engaging with my post and, and chatting to me about it. And even better, when they're actually making my recipes and showing me on Instagram, that's definitely my um, my goal and my favorite part. Um <sighs> But I do think it's important that, that you have some kind of growth, uh, even just because it, it's really encouraging for you personally. So, you know, it took, it, you know, it takes a long time to grow your Instagram following. And I think it's great to keep a track of, but like for me personally, um, I, would just keep a track um, every month. So I would just write down at the end of the month what my following was. And then a month later, I would write down again and be like, okay, cool. It grew by, you know, maybe 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, whatever it is, just to check that it's still growing and to be encouraged by, you know, how far you've come. You might look back and go, oh, in the last six months, I've, you know, grown by this. That's great. But, um, but again, like the overall number isn't the most important number. I think um, as long as you're really getting that engagement and that feedback from your readers, that's far more important than just, um, you know, a big following. Yeah, I love that. That absolutely does make sense. And I think that's really important to focus on. Yeah. Obviously, you want that steady growth over time. Yeah. But more importantly, it's about engaging and providing value and good content, exactly. which is kind of like what everything is coming back to in the whole blogging world, not just Instagram, but everywhere. It's all about quality, yeah. sincere content. So it just kind of comes back to those basic things. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, as with other social media platforms, um, Instagram, you know, can have a bit of a snowball effect. So I know, you know, when, when you're quite small in the numbers, like it takes a really long time to build up you know, and it takes a really long time to get to the thousand mark. I still remember yeah. when I got to the thousand mark and it, it just, it was, <laughs> it took so long and then, you know, to the 10,000 mark and then, but it slowly speeds up, you know, as, as you get bigger. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're still in the, in the starting or the smaller stages, like don't worry about it, just keep going. Um, and it'll build up over time. And it's almost like when you are in those infancy stages of Instagram, just to kind of keep your eyes off it because... Yeah, 100%. 
I've definitely done that in the past where like getting to a thousand, I felt like I stayed at 799 for like yeah. a year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but absolutely. It probably wasn't actually a year, but it felt like it because that's all I could do was stare at the numbers. So I just had to not look at it at all and then peek back in a month or two and see how you're doing. Like you said, keeping track of that monthly, I think is a really good piece of advice as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I think we should probably wrap up. I should let you go about your day over in Australia. (laughs) Um, But it was really nice talking to you, Jessica. I'm so thankful that you took the time out to do this today and just share value with our fellow food bloggers. And thank you. This has been great. Yeah, it's been super fun. So before you go, do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration that you can share with our fellow food bloggers oh yes um i would just say to make sure just to run your own race i think um it's just you know and this is across the whole blogging sphere it's really easy to compare yourself um and to watch other people that may be having great success or growing faster than you but just you know watch your own numbers look at your own um growth and and congratulate yourself on how far you've come and don't worry about anyone else um be inspired by other people but really just try not to fall into that comparison trap because everyone's story is different everyone's background's different um their readership is different you just you really can't compare one blogger to the other some people you know grow really quickly others don't and that's fine but you can just focus on your own race and do the best that you can do great words of advice run your own race i love it So Jessica has a list of favorite resources relating to Instagram, and those can be found on her show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Jessica Holmes. Jessica, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at sweetestmenu.com and you'll find me hanging out on Instagram at sweetestmenu. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. And thanks for listening today, food bloggers. And I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.